I'm dying to ask how the older generation reacts when you put a VR headset on their heads because they can't even handle a cell phone when you put it in their hands, right? And all of a sudden you put this alien contraption on their heads. What's their reaction to the VR headset by itself? Um, so uh, we've done um, around three families. This may say, I think there were seven or eight partition witnesses that we've actually tried it on. Um, uh, the reaction is, um, it, it's a bit fiddly to get going, of course, with, with you know, tech issues to make sure that they, they've got the holding the remote control and they know what to press. So we try to make the interface and like, prepare it before it goes on on their heads and we try to make sure they have headphones can go um it, the response is absolutely joyous because they haven't seen anything like that i think anybody if you put it on a headset for the first time and you've never tried it before um and if it's like um uh, so we use the oculus um it is a different experience like just the environments that are already there even if you're just in the kind of the reception room of it so it, it is absolutely amazing you know we've had very like they're surprised they're actually like feel like they're there they're like standing on whether it's a mountain or the chat of their house or something it's been a very joyous reaction all views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not meant to offend or hurt the sentiments of including but not limited to any person dead or alive religion or ethnic group community or country the primary purpose of this podcast is to build a cultural bridge and shed light on the similarities that we share with our friends from across the border so welcome Sadia, welcome Jayasmita, really glad that you could join us today on our next episode of 883 to Infinity. We're really glad that you can uh, tell us about your experiences working with uh, post-partition veterans and thank you for joining us on this episode. Thanks for having us. So Sadia, let's start with you. I, I understand currently you're pursuing your PhD at Warwick, if I'm not mistaken. Am, am I right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what got you to pursue your PhD? What, what are you doing in Warwick? So I, as what I'm doing at Warwick is something different from Project Dastan. So I, I used to be a journalist and political cartoonist. I still am a cartoonist. Um, so I'm doing my PhD in international relations and basically on um, uh, visuals of conflict in Pakistan and how they project a certain certain image of what na- nationalism and, and foreign policy is. So that's that's my PhD research. So. Um, I mean, it's linked to my interest because it's it's about visual storytelling, which is something Project Dastan is also doing. Um, so Project Dastan is kind of like our our um, uh, little passion project uh, for me and Jeff Smitha, where we're trying to reconnect partition witnesses to their ancestral homes using virtual reality. Um, so we're both interested in it as storytellers, as writers, um, about what are the new ways that we can uh, bring to the dis- the to kind of amplify the discussion about partition and our, our shared heritage um, between India and Pakistan. Um, yeah. So I'm sure people must be very intrigued when you say that, uh, you know, the role that media plays in terms of uh, depicting nationalism in Pakistan, and especially since your lens, because you mentioned that, of course, you're a journalist and you're a cartoonist as well. Uh, do you have an example, like your favorite example that you'd like to give people for them to better understand what you mean by this? Um. I mean, there, there's, um, so I basically work in, in looking at political cartoons, which I feel is something that people instantly connect with. Um, and we've seen many scandals internationally as well, where a cartoon has been published and then it's like turned into a, a security situation and it's you know become an international incident. And then there's been uh, protests in other countries, et cetera. So I think the visual itself um, kind of transcends language and um, 
gives people something to kind of latch on to to understand each other or to kind of like um, apply their own interpretation to the image right um so if, if for example if you look at the danish cartoon controversy um there was some other logic in which it was published in that country and then it was kind of interpreted across the the world by by other uh, um societies communities whether it's muslim non muslim etc in a different way and then you know that turned into an international scenario so i think like images are something like once we put them out once we publish them they can have a life of their own because of the way other people and other communities can interpret them and in this global environment i mean if you look at memes um if you look at you know uh, social media that's the way like once it's out there it's out there um so as an example i think the danish one is one example of you know cartoons that were published that kind of hurt muslim sentiments and it it uh, created this debate globally about what constitutes hate speech what constitutes free speech what does it mean to hurt um um a uh, community's feeling do we need to re um uh, uh, formulate blasphemy laws in in europe etc so i think that's one big example of images but in our uh, local context i i don't know if you notice scape there is a lot of scape coaching when it comes to india and pakistan you know you might have seen in the indian media there will be cartoons and images that are you know blaming a certain problem on pakistan finger pointing yeah and in the same images you see in pakistan as well and right. i think there's a very complex history it's not just ke problem is in pakistan so we're blaming it on india hmm. it's a very complex complex a scenario in which um a cartoonist or a writer is kind of pressured to come up with these images to fit into this idea of what a pakistan the identity is what nationalism is to be patriotic the pressure to be patriotic and a pair patriotic as it's like um the state defines it so i think images in that not just play into like you know what we think of the other but also how we kind of pressured into um accepting uh, the the stereotype of the other the stereotype of the indian who's always you know hating muslims or the stereotype mm. of the the pakistani who will always be depicted as a, a terrorist or a man in a in a weird turban hat with his guns etc mm. so wo it, it's it's not just that people believe that is also that people are pressured into uh believing ke yahi this is how the other is this is how india is or pakistan mm. is the pressure to be patriotic i like that i, I like the ring of that we will come back more to that so usme i'm curious like um let's take it from the other point of view so jasmita like Uh, so there's a certain identity that that seems to be locked into being a pakistani or being an indian and then we have a certain notion of what the others identity is like given that you know the maybe there's an overarching vision in your project but at what point did you come into the picture and did you did you perhaps have a a, a different view on the stereotype the, that you decided to go into this sort of initiative so the thing is stereotype is there like you literally grow into it you have your media you have all kinds of movies that you watch especially right now there like razi coming in uri coming in all these movies are coming in and they're like ha pakistani hai to they'll be wearing that turban they'll have an ak47 that's a typical pakistani okay so that stereotype is obviously something that i've been fed in that being said it's also like when you are on instagram when you are on like facebook you have like so much of social media stuff and you're watching like 
movies then again even zindagi tv had come so that was like i think zindagi tv did one of the major changes of having the stereotypes because it was basically like not like hindi serials but basically the indian setup only more or less the indian I setup have, only yeah. you'll have to expand on zindagi tv i, I i'm not exactly zindagi, sure what they've oh done oh my god is, zindagi tv is, is good amazing. or bad or what so, okay. zindagi <laughs> Zizan, Zizan. Zizan. we spoke about this with uh, junaid on our episode with him as well about uh, uh, pakistani television uh, pakistani cinema on indian television as well it's a z yes. it's a z channel it's it's yeah it's a z channel and uh, we used to have all kinds of fawad khan shows and he's a heart oh. throb in india yeah, yeah he, he is a heart throb everywhere man come on sorry <laughs> sadia said again wasn't the show trails on the same channel i think it uh, was yeah Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So, uh, oh. like Fawad Khan came into the picture, and then obviously, I think his first film was Khub Surat, first Indian film was Khub Surat, and the, it was basically he looks like an Indian. The entire show is like Indian setup. The same Sasbahu stuff goes on, maybe not with the Dhoom Tana Nanas, but that's there, right? So that initially broke a certain sense of ideas. what a pakistani is like or what an indian is supposed to be like that being said instagram did wonders i started following project dastan i started following all these history pages because like interest in history and everything and i don't think there was any inhibitions while joining project dastan because i was just fan girling over the project i'm like i want to be a part of this project this project is like amazing that is exactly how i joined and i spammed sam i'm like i really want to be a part of this project this is amazing can i please be a part of this project so yeah but but you didn't face much resistance from those around you that you you were going against the norm uh, at least what the old norm so, was so well the thing is um, of course families will be like ha theek hai be careful okay but i don't think there was a lot of resistance because more or less like i am still in the academic sphere like i'm still pursuing my master i still haven't gone out and especially like being a student of english literature and cultural studies that way more most of my friends are also of the same background like that niche ki acha theek hai ye log aise nahi hai that is a complete misconception and media narratives are different so uh, so friends and like family was not that resistant to be honest what what resistance is perhaps ma- maximum me- social media pe thoda bahut hota hai but that's bare minimum so it's interesting sure. you know on the subject of resistance i want to come back mm-hmm. to something that sadia said earlier and i'm going to put three variables on the table right one is you guys are both journalists or media professionals mm-hmm. jasmita i know you're a filmmaker sadia you spoke about you know your journalism and cartoon cartooning days as well that's number one number two you guys are both invested in project dastan which means that you have a certain amount of exposure or you have a certain amount of visibility to obviously the stories which you're you're going to be talking about you know later on this podcast as well and number three is i feel like there's a certain amount of international exposure as well right sadia you've been in the uk for a while uh, uh you know of course pursuing your education um we spoke about the role that the media plays in terms of antagonizing people on the other side of the border because they're fitting these perpetual stereotypes right um sadia you said that you know there's a certain amount of expectation from the media in terms of how they position themselves and how they represent and what they write and you know the the cartoons as well jay jaysmita you spoke also about the stereo 
stereotypical nature of representation when it comes to portraying certain aspects. Um, Sadeh, you know, you gave an example earlier as well uh, in terms of things that may necessarily, may not necessarily, but sometimes rub a certain community the wrong way, uh, certain, you know, hurt certain religious sentiments, etc. Now that you, you, you know, you've had international exposure and you've lived outside of India as well, do you feel that this sensitivity exists outside of South Asia as well? Or do you think this is something that exists only in our ecosystem because of the years of pent up, you know, uh, uh, hatred that we've built for certain ideas and stories? And uh, is it a South Asian sentiment? Or is it something that you do see in different parts of the world as well now that you've been abroad for some time? Um, I feel that uh, it's uh, very easy to essentialize the fact that oh, Indian and Pakistanis are always, you know, at each other's throats and, you know, there's a political issue. And I mean, I feel that uh, knowing our history, uh, 70 years, four wars fought, um, I, I feel a, a lot of what we see on social media and the hate and the stereotyping, it's bad, but it's also not something we haven't seen before. This happens in other communities as well. Um, uh, um, I mean, uh, if if any other country had this type of history of a colonization and then a country breaking up and a separatist movement happening, you would see the same type of uh, politics. Um, I mean, if you look at the case of Brexit here right now and the rhetoric that's going on uh, against immigration uh, and the hate speech that's going on, the and you know the way that some people are talking about black lives matter here which is you know absolutely offensive to my ears these things happen you know these this political conflict the the othering the stereotyping is not just uh, an india pakistan thing it's not uh, something that's innate to us this is part of the way communities interact right um our problem is that over time, we've not really been able to resolve a lot of our issues. There are some conflicts that are ongoing. Um, so yeah, this is this is not something that I would say is, is innate to us or it's part of our nature. Communalism is not part of our nature. It is just a, a word that we've become kind of started using to, to kind of label the conflicts that, that's been going on. If you remove some of the issues that we have with each other, if we can actually sit down on a table, talk to each other, I mean, if it, if actually Indians and Pakistanis can freely visit each other, a lot of these things are slowly going to kind of become an artifact of, of history. So I think that there's nothing is permanent. Um, the situations can resolve. They seem really terrible at certain times in our histories. Um, but this is how uh, people interact. You know, um, for example, in India, there's a lot of resistance to the idea of Pakistan ke, this is a country that should not have been created. And I feel, well, it, it happened, it was created. Separatist movements happen everywhere. New states were forming at the time anyway. These are facts of history. We kind of now need to accept and now move on. Okay, this happened. You know, now what do we do? Do we continue to bar people from visiting each yeah. other and continue to stop people from, you know, Hamara project, it's about 
how can we allow people to visit ancestral homes like imagine yourself mm-hmm. right now as whatever you are in your 20s or 30s not being able to go home this is simple I like that you idea. said 20s also <laughs> <laughs> jay was in her 20s um the simple idea ki you can't go home that in itself is traumatic uske upar aap 70 years of history and layering and hate and the trauma that people went through uske upar wo sab kuch layer karo so the positions that we are right now are very understandable or it's our job to kind of understand them and now kind of help resolve them you know oh, especially absolutely. you're so right because in 2006 when actually when i visited lahore uh obviously there was a certain amount of nervousness in my family because you're crossing the border and obviously you're going to pakistan quote unquote right so there's a certain amount of nervousness but i feel with the generation not immediately above me which is my parents but the generation above them there was just innate amounts of excitement right because all of them have been born in sindh right this is my grandmother my grandfather is no longer with us but all his brothers that i spoke to and you won't believe they drew out little diagrams saying you go to this street and this is where my house was wow. and you'll see this little clock tower over here and our father had donated money to build this clock tower umair i spoke to you about that if you remember yeah, you know yeah, and then yeah, if you yeah. go down the street you'll see a lamp post over here and i used to meet my school girlfriend and under this lamp post and please take pictures for me so there there's this innate sense of excitement that they had you know and it's unfortunate that even in their 80s and 90s it may be their last wish to visit their hometown where they were born to you know kind of uh, relive these memories but they don't really get the opportunity i mean they, it's it's not even an option right forget the means to do it it's not even an option for them to consider but i definitely do resonate with you know the same emotions because i see them in my family right as close to my family as well there's no but uh, yeah the, the way uh, sorry to interject the way these guys are doing it sadi and and i think it'd be interesting at this point to um you know inform everybody who's listening what actually is the nuts and bolts of project dastan how does it work because as as i can see it from the outside feels like for example if if someone does want to relive that space these guys can actually make it happen through through ar and vr so, so how does it work the geek in me is very very excited to see how this thing actually works out um so what we're doing is we kind of uh, find people who kind of want to reconnect with their ancestral homes uh, villages town cities jo bhi uh we interview them um jayasmita also for example has is part of a partition family so her grandfather has been interviewed um so we interview um partition survivors who are still uh with us today um we ask them their stories and the our purpose is kind of not to reengage in the traumatic aspects of migration but the 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 nicer aspects in the sense ke uh, what was your childhood like uh where did you grow up what was your school like you know what was general life like in the place that you lived in and we try to engage in those memories because we feel that 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 time or that shared that's part of our shared history you know um that where you may live today in pakistan maybe somebody who's now in india their families in india they don't share your religion or your political beliefs but they used to live in your house you know just that idea of that shared uh, space uh we then um have a team in india and pakistan who goes out um on the field and tries to find these places so we do a lot of tracking so jasmita has been very instrumental in in like finding out google maps pe exactly the thing that they told us about in the interview where is that mm-hmm. and setting out the itinerary for our oh, our that's awesome. um and that then we kick ass 
we go uh, with in with uh, our um, we have our 360 cameras we go in with the gopro and we kind of take a, a 360 off of the places they've told us um and then the last uh, point of this journey is kind of to uh, kind of um uh, knit that together in in a in in um vr film jo people can see on on vr headset so we we go back to the the person we interviewed with a VR headset and kind of give them that immersive experience of standing in in their town, yeah, could feel there, yeah, masjid, whatever they they've remembered, nice. and kind of like closing the loop. Okay, you know, you've never been able to go back home. Um, here is what your home is. So if you could go back to India or Pakistan to day, so this is what you would see of your old old uh, village or town or house etc and it, this is kind of like the first part of project dastan the social impact where we're reconnecting people um, somebody who remembers them from the past you know generational families um, so we do that and we're kind of using uh, uh, the conversation that happens the way families are reconnecting with their ancestries um, to kind of create this this uh, conversation online uh, about you know how can the youth now reengage with partition histories in a new way um so rather than an archive that's stuck in a university or on a website or textual to get into it we kind of have this very uh, immersive archive and it's kind, kind of right there so you don't need to go very far to kind of understand these stories so we have uh, along with the social impact a full vr immersive film as well that's going to be animated it's called trial of empire where you can take a partition journey um and you're kind of in the feet of a child who's trying to migrate during 1947 and our third project right now is a 2d animated uh, series of films so it's a cross-country collaboration between puffball studios in pakistan and a studio called spitting image in india so we're making a, a series of uh, partition uh, shorts about stories you may not have heard before so away from the punjab centric punjab uh, narrative of partition we're making um, three fictionalized um, stories about one about bureaucracy and statelessness, one about the Bay of Bengal community and how partition impacted those three seafaring communities, okay, uh, normally people have not heard about, especially in Pakistan. And thirdly, about the experience of women uh, in partition and what women specifically, what a female experience of partition was. So that's like, I'll, I'll stop talking now. I've so, talked enough about the project. <laughs> that's like a three main um uh, prongs of the project uh, to kind of reconnect uh, a younger generation with um partition histories that's so, so, cool. so when, where does this flagship uh, the the vr immersive animated movie that you're talking about when does it actually drop like when when's the project timeline and can ev- anybody and everybody like see it can i put it on my vr headset and check it out yeah absolutely so that's the point that you can um, so it's in production right now. So we're hoping uh, sometime by the end of the year, we'll, we can finish it off and kind of release it. Um, so obviously, like if you follow us, you'll be able to see see it. And if you have the VR headsets, yes, of course. And we're trying to kind of have, um, once it, it's ready to have kind of a VR tour going on where the schools and universities in India and Pakistan, museums here in the UK, where you can actually like, if you don't have the he- headset, we can kind of like help you uh, uh, share that experience with you um, and if you don't have a headset then you know we have our other projects the R2D uh, versions that, that obviously people can engage in so we're trying as much you know digital uh, engagement with people as possible. You know one of the one of the things that I find most fulfilling about us doing this podcast is that we talk to so many interesting people and we get to hear 
so many interesting stories every single weekend that really fills our heart with joy you know i'm guessing as part of the first part of what you guys do with the social impact part especially because you're also talking to people who are probably in their 80s maybe their 90s some centennials as well people in you know in their hundreds as well uh who've seen partition firsthand through their eyes and therefore they have these memories and therefore you recreate them for them in today's day and age and i'm sure there must be some joyous stories that you know emerge from literally the cracks of and the you know the uh the boonies of or conversations that you have with people jayasmita why don't you tell us some of the most you know touching and heartwarming stories that you've heard when you've spoken to people and interacted with people and 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 actually brought these stories to life for them to relive in this vr format this was one of the interviews which i hadn't taken she had i think you're taking saida's interview right like that's my favorite interview <laughs> so the thing is uh, she moved from uh, lucknow to karachi and um like she spoke about how her life was in lucknow how she loved lucknow everything okay and how she used to go on dates on the on the boat in gomti river and all of that okay and then after the partition the boyfriend also came to karachi and then they got married and then like that bit could be short and uh, of course she passed away like a few days back i think a month or so back yeah. right Recently. yeah she passed away so we couldn't show her that but um that entire there's this highlight on the project dastan page called lucknow and that i feel is the most heartwarming thing i've ever seen because there's also this one bit where sparshan sam go to go and find this person who was uh, her neighbor and they talk about our papas kyun aate and all of that it's it's there in the oh, page and everything is this is this super heartwarming then this another interview which i had taken was of um, one of my grandfather's uh, brothers and um, he is 91 and uh, all he does is sits all day long in front of youtube and checks out dhaka university and everything in dhaka Oh, wow. And then oh. we, I was interviewing him. He's like, "No, no, I'll show you where this is. So this is Dhaka University. This is where you go. This is how you do it." And I'm like, "Wow, that is awesome!" <laughs> how sweet. I know. No, I so it's interesting. Same experience with my it's, grandma. It's, yeah, but I, I'm just wondering, Jasmita, since you're there on the field, on the ground as well. So, for example, if you know, if I go to an old neighborhood that I haven't been to in like a decade. I do get a sense of joy when I'm there. Oh, we used to go around here. We used to play here. यहाँ पे झूला होता था, यहाँ पे यो होता था. But there's this also uneasy feeling when there's change in that neighborhood. You know, there there used to be this dry cleaner shop there. Oh, वो बंद हो गया. I wonder where the guy went. So इसके साथ में कि so when when you're on the ground, you're trying to map these places out. Like, what is the what do you think is the reaction of those those people that might have a different picture of of that place in their mind? but then now it's some of the things are there but some of the things are different so so how do you how do you guys uh, you know manage those expectations so the thing is i haven't physically been on the tracking bit but what i my experience has been one is interviewing and the other bit is staying on whatsapp and the tracking is going on so uh, this one of the uh, one of the um, one of the participants was hari krishan ji and he was supremely enthusiastic and i think that was that's what got us started with the zoom interviews okay he was so enthusiastic it was his birthday on the 4th of december he's like i want to see my village and that's my wish okay that's my birthday wish and wow. we interviewed him and um 
Aisha was on the field. Aisha was tracking in uh, Pakistan. Uh, and what happened was he kept on uh, like on the WhatsApp group. He was also there and he's like, maybe you can call someone else. And he then sent us like, we couldn't find his school or I think his house, one of the two, either his school or house. And he sent us five articles from the dawn and asked us to contact the journalist. Okay. Oh, wow. Who had covered wow. those stories of his village. And uh, then surprisingly, we also found his contact because one of our team members was friends with him. Nice. So Hassan was friends with him. And, um, uh, but that being said, of course, there are a lot of uh, places which cannot be covered and they're like of not course. there anymore. Of course. It's urbanization. Yeah, and, that's sad. Um, that's, that, that becomes a little sad, but regardless, the fact that it's being tried on is, I think like, I think even the older generation appreciates the effort. Of course. Of I course. hope. I'm I'm dying to ask how the older generation reacts when you put a VR headset on their heads because they can't even handle a cell phone when you put it in their hands, right? And all of a sudden you put this alien contraption on their heads. What's their reaction to the VR headset by itself? Um. So uh, we've done um around three families. This may say I think there were seven or eight partition witnesses that we've actually tried it on. Um, uh, the reaction is, um, it, it's a bit fiddly to get going, of course, with, with you know, tech issues to make sure that they, they've got the holding the remote control and they know what to press. So we try to make the interface and like prepare it before it goes on, on their heads. And we try to make sure they have headphones, can go avaz, be say I. It, the response is absolutely joyous because they haven't seen anything like that. I think anybody, if you put it on a headset for the first time and you've never tried it before, um, and if it's like, um, uh, so we use the Oculus, um, it is a different experience, like just the environments that are already there, even if you're just in the kind of the reception room of it. So it, it is absolutely amazing. You know, we've had very like, they're surprised. They're actually like, feel like they're there. They're like standing on whether it's a mountain or the chat of their house or something. It's been a very joyous reaction. Uh, we make our films, um, make sure uh, when we're filming, nothing is too shaky so that you don't go and go ustranga nausea ya kuch experience na ho and we make sure that the clips are small so our longest uh, take back has been i think around 8 minutes and no more because i think that's enough for them yeah. um, and they can view it again if they want to and we make sure ki family ho waha so in case you know a bad reaction happens or if they need any support they have their support system we always do these uh, experiences with the family around um, yeah. and we also make sure because when you're standing in that you kind of like want to kind of go around touch things and see what's happening so we make sure somebody's holding their hand so that you know when they're turning to get in etc um so it's it's um it's difficult it's not impossible and i think the 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 responses that we get the absolute joy and nostalgia that kind of they get immersed in uh, i think it's actually worth the whole effort and you know just the, the yeah, yeah it's, it's this very emotional experience family emotional um so it's it's, it's a very special thing uh, when we can actually do that and that happens but this generation, you know, because they are not on Instagram, like Jaya Smita said, when she found Project Dastan on Instagram, they're not on Instagram and social media. How do they find you, right? How do they get to know about this initiative? How do they find you? How do they 
apply to be a part of your program? I'm not sure if I'm getting the terminology right, but how do they participate in an experience like this? So uh, we generally people have been like it's it's their their children or the grandchildren who are getting in touch with them. They oh my grandfather would really love this etc. Uh, so generally the younger generation that has been contacting us and then um, uh, are reaching out to us and then we also have our own um, issues of resource concerns. When can we travel etc. then we do the interviews, seeing whether you know can we actually get them uh, back. So um, we've done some interviews in twenty. 18 like up we've been able to do the field uh, work for those stories so it, it is sometimes a longer process um so it's generally social media outreach and, and you know you can just tell us your story online and we'll try to set up an interview if, if we can physically do it if not then we now we started doing them on zoom um, but we also try to, on the way uh, of our stories and when we're in the field, when we're talking to people, to find more people. Um, UK, we feel that a lot of the, the the people that are reaching out to us are obviously people who are um, of a certain socioeconomic class and they have access to these things. So can we actually reach people who want to have the same experience, but maybe don't have access. So we also try to do when we're on the field, some type of outreach, uh, talk to people uh, who may not have, get, you know, um, uh, this type of social media exposure, who family may not be kind of plugged in. interviews um, and, you know, see if, if those people want to also join in our experience. Our, uh, what we do is absolutely free. We don't charge anything to the partition witness um we feel that this you know them telling their story to us and sharing it is is enough you know this generation has done enough for us um and it's kind of like also a way to give back to this generation and if any way we can give them some form of closure about you know the the, the home they've never visited in 70 years so hum we kind of do this as as a as a free service so as soon as we can like if anybody wants to get in touch with us I uh, will try to kind of hear your story and, and find your home. That's lovely. Has anyone ever tried to uh, or asked you guys to probably make some kind of connection or some outreach? Let's say I have an ancestral home in which Omer's family lives. Has anyone said, hey, put me in touch with them. Let me, let me see who they are. Um, do we have an example like that, Jo? Like, because generally we do, we do put people in touch on WhatsApp and share their numbers. And, you know, if they want to talk again, they can. Um, uh, so we... Iqbaluddin yeah, stories is also uh, similar because so Iqbaluddin migrated from India to Pakistan and he showed us a picture of his friend um, and I think that picture was very soon after 1950s he pictured and he, his friend is a Sikh friend is standing outside a local mosque and he was like if you can can you find him and find out what happened to him um, so we searched law, A, we couldn't find the mosque, um, Sparshan Sam were in the field, they tried to find the mosque and they really had to do a lot of like art history on the go um, to kind of recognize the mosque and ask people around that apparently wo monsoon mein gir gaya, uh, paint kisi na so the mosque changed, they finally found the mosque, showed people around um, and at a local dhaba somebody told them that yes this um, person was, used to, did used to live here but they moved to I think Chandigarh it was, um, so the families in Chandigarh. So our wonderful field workers, Parshan Sam, 
ended up in Chandigarh, right? From Rupnagar and Punjab, they, they ended up in Chandigarh to find the family. Um, and they didn't find, find the friend, but they found his wife um, uh, and connected the wife to Iqbaluddin, like after 70 years. And she had heard of Iqbaluddin's family and Iqbaluddin knew about his friend's family. So they kind of got in touch and they were like, Iqbaluddin was like, you must come to the UK and stay. And she was like, no, I'm so old. So it was a very sweet <laughs> um, WhatsApp conversation. Um, so it's not just VR, it's also like like finding these families and getting and in touch. If we, yeah, if we can, if we can find it, we will. Especially if we're already in the location, like, you know, we right now, Sparsh and Sam are on field work. So if anybody have, wants any Delhi connections in Pakistan, um, maybe let us know and if, you know, we can um, search those out for you. The advertising man in me is dying to make the reference. Omer, you remember seven years ago, there was this one commercial called the yeah. Google Reunion. Yeah, seven years yep. ago. Immensely <laughs> viral. I think it did some 15 million views in like three days or some something yeah. like that. Uh, and it was, I think, a reunion story of uh, someone utilizing Google's products to find uh, their long-lost friend pre-partition, if I'm not mistaken. It reminds me of that. Which actually brings me to the next interesting point that, you know, it's, there have been so many people that have tried to champion the idea of the reunion and there are large technology companies such as Google who are literally powering the world, right? Without sugarcoating it. Do you guys get any kind of backing, resourcing, support from people who are already, you know, trying to champion this mission in some way? Or uh, does it, uh, you know, how does it kind of help your, your efforts? Um, so we, so we don't really have any tech support where there's something that we've kind of created on our own and we're doing, we do have a lot of support from like, um, grant organizations and funds that we won. Uh, so Catchlight and, um, Erica kind of gave us one, a big grant to make the VR film, um, uh, the British council and their, um, um, what is it called? BFI fund. Um, British, British Council Arts. British Council Arts. Yeah. Yeah. So they have oh Digital Innovation Fund. That's what it's called. So the British digital Council collaboration. No. Innovation. Yeah. Digital Collaboration Fund to work with Puffball in Pakistan to do the 2D animations. We also are supported by National Geographic, um, who are supporting uh, one of our co-founders, Parsh, in. Um, this so there's various organizations and grant or bodies that um, we've kind of applied to and are now part of who are also supporting the project etc so not in the digital space but in the arts and culture space space we've seen a lot of support for our project and we ran a, uh, also a kickstarter campaign last year before the pandemic before we knew anything like this would happen exactly one year it's been exactly one year yeah. since it ended yes yeah, so it's been exactly today and we got um, uh, $28,000 donated by people across the globe who kind of loved Lovely. what we were doing and wanted to engage in, in the project and, and keep it going. So we have a lot of uh, uh, support. Um, uh, we, do, me and Jayo uh, and all our team are all pro bono. Uh, none of us get paid. So whatever we kind of have gathered from the Kickstarter or from these funds goes directly into kind of producing the content Lovely. and finding these places. I think you get paid oh, in surprising. smiles and good wishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah smiles. But but uh, it's surprising. Yeah, I mean, just uh, like you said, Google, Facebook. You're using Oculus. Oculus is now owned by Facebook, right? They are in the. I mean, Facebook's mission statement is written. We're in the business of connecting people. Uh, they should. I mean, they should have a bigger part to play in something like this, man. It's seriously. It I, I, I mean, it, it's 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 like. 
it would be lovely if, if Facebook is like watching and they want to like help us or donate something or create uh, that would be wonderful but um, it all depends like it, it, this is a very competitive space as well um, you yeah, know so it may seem novel to you but remember that there's so many other amazing projects and things going on right now um, and you know who's going to support what it's 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 kind of uh, potluck um, so hopefully maybe soon we'll have some other tech collaborations but I think for now we're good like we, we feel pretty well supported by our current partners and we've, we've done very well with um, the way that we've been able to generate funds and resources for this project. That's awesome. I'm, I'm actually dying to ask you guys, Jarosmita and Sadia, for both of you guys, have you actually had the opportunity to, to visit the other side of the border? I haven't. I wanted to come once for a friend's wedding. Um, I got the visa, uh, but they wouldn't release my passport. So by the time I got my passport back, the visa had expired. Oh <laughs> so that's my experience of trying to come to India. And I think right now um, it's going to be even harder for me to get a yeah. visa, especially uh, with the work I'm doing in my journalist profile. But Jay, do you want to visit us? We would love to have you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so the thing is, I'm, I'm, I actually want to go. I haven't had the chance. Uh, I think we like the plan was to go and do the tracking in Bangladesh also. But uh, then kindly the pandemic came and touched us and the world shut down. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, sure. so, but if you, Jay, if you were to come to Pakistan, like, is there a, a, a particular place that you've heard about or you want to check out or explore? Do you want to go to like one of those villages or? You want to see the cities, or do you so want to go I, to the mountains? I definitely want to. I definitely want to go to Lahore because novelty factor. Like I have, novelty? I have been to. Uh-huh, fair enough. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So I have been to Delhi twice for like two two days, and I have not Delhi nahi dekhi Really? Okay. Yeah, I have been to Delhi twice, and I've not been like I've not seen Delhi. I've just like stayed indoors. And uh, that being said, Delhi is supposed to be a lot like Lahore, at least photo wise. That's true. Yeah. Secondly, I definitely want to go to Karachi also because Karachi is, is supposed to be a lot like Bombay. Again, well, that's it, generally made, but huh? Yeah, it, 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 it's sweet. So Suveer can draw uh, probably um, a Delhi and Lahore comparison because he's been to both, right? But yeah. Suveer hasn't been to Karachi, no? Suveer, no, no. No, so this no. one time I was like, I was basically, um, I was listening to one of the. I don't know, interviews or some some podcast or something. And this person was like, ha, so Karachi does not have a lot of terraces or balconies. It's just like Bombay. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> is that how Bombay is categorized? <laughs> Karachi is categorized. It doesn't have balconies. We get to learn something new every single... Yeah, huh? Nate, so, you know, if you came to Karachi, that's... And I'm sure... Like, I'm from Karachi. I went and studied in Lahore and then I know what Lahore is like and what Islamabad is like. The rest of the big cities in, in Pakistan, right? So, Karachi has this nervous energy, right? Like, for example, man, when, when I travel to Lahore, I don't see people in Lahore in... They're okay with life. Like, they're like... I go at 6 computer pe kaam karte hai jahaz mein wahan pe ja ke pahunchta hu wahan pe 10 11 baje pahuncho to mere jo wahan pe counterparts se bolte chado ji abhi baitho nashta to kar le chalo bhai so karachi mein there's this nervous energy you you know there's everybody's in this some sort of a hurry that they want to get something done pasina shoot like so yeah per, perhaps but when, like we, when 
when we went to bombay bombay uh, could be the grass is always greener on the other side bombay felt like like a better version like um, cuz it the fucking the time that uh, i was in bombay like you know it was raining drizzling and then suveer and his you know his, his, the entire bunch were such great hosts that us waqt mujhe wo sari nervous energy nahi nazar aati i could see the expanse so like a lot of things uh, कराची में जो 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 हम देखते हैं छोटी छोटी वो पुरानी विक्टोरियन टाइप बिल्डिंग्स होती हैं वो बॉम्बे में उनका स्केल थ्री फोर एक्स होता है सो इट माइट बी इट बी इंटरेस्टिंग इफ यू गुड आई होप दैट यू गेट अ चांस टू एक्चुअली विजिट कराची एंड देन लाहौर इज वेल एंड देन कंपेयर नोट्स विद दिल्ली एंड एंड इन बॉम्बे एंड आई होप इट्स इट्स फॉर रियल एंड वी डोंट है प्रोजेक्ट दास्टली मेक इट Although yeah. that that that's a good good placeholder for now, but probably it's better. It you know when you yeah right now Project Dastan is doing the wish fulfillment bit. Yeah, true. Like, it makes yeah. Sense. So actual visa will definitely be different, but <laughs> right now the wish fulfillment is what what is keeping us yeah. going. I also definitely want to go to Bangladesh because, uh, yeah. like that's where my family comes from. So yeah. Got it. Bangladesh, I'm sure will happen. Uh, hopefully, this year itself. I hope, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, one question that a lot of people ask us is, you know, when we tell them we're doing this podcast, one question, the most popular question we get asked is, why are you guys doing this? You know, what is your motivation to do it? Where do you guys get the idea from? Sadia, I know you have some co-founders. You've made a couple of references to them earlier in this hour. Uh, where did you guys get the idea? You and your co-founders get the idea to do this. Why do you all do this? What's your motivation? What keeps you going? um so it started off as um so sparsh and a friend of his amina were talking about their grandparents who kind of made the journey um one from india to pakistan one from pakistan to india and uh, sparsh's grandfather his nana has been wanting to visit uh, his hometown um uh, for for decades and has never been able to um and the crazy idea came about ke um what if like it was kind of i guess a joke ke yeah virtually le jaate hain agar can physically take them let's take them virtually and then then we were like hey i mean so we are headsets exist uh, the technology exists we can actually do this so just started off the, as this um, from just this desire ke you know i i wish my grandparent could go see his village one last time um um and you know uh, we have this uh, um joke or whatever you want to call it ke project dastan should not exist it exists because of these problems and these borders and the way that yeah. politics exists we we should not have need to go through so much to just show a person their hometown you know this is ridiculous that we have to have teams and technologies and these big grants to just make this one small journey between borders actually some of these journeys are very very small um um so i mean 83 kilometers small that's the name of our yes. podcast right? and, and yet it's yeah. a, it's an infinite distance which is why you need tech to cover it <laughs> can't be done physically it's uh, absolutely amazing um you know some of the the distances even just the fact that you know i have a friend in in who whenever he goes to amritsar texts me because in amritsar he can catch fm 89 uh, so he listens to pakistani radio um oh i'm listening to fm 89 and like it's it's am- that's how close we are as countries you know um so it's it's absolutely 
makes no sense if you actually think about it and so it came about as that so sparsh me and sam were together at oxford university a few years ago uh, where we met and you know they we kind of talked about this so initially we thought like we would do 10 uh, partition take backs and that would be it but it kind of snowballed and he got so much support and love and we found people like jayasmita uh, we found people like Aisha Amir, who's in Islamabad. We have Abu Sufyan in Delhi. There's such a big team of people who just love this idea and work with us with, like, there's no, you know, they, they, nobody gets, a, it's not a stable salary or anything. They, they just work with us because they just feel this is such a nice cause. Um, and I think it's uh, um, in kind of a sea of <laughs> capitalism and consumerism to find people and find a cause that you know people just want to engage in for for no payoff i think that's also wonderful and i feel like a very interesting model um for uh, you know a social impact um organization a kind of a new new space that we found is it the three of you as founders yourself sparsh and sam sparsh ahuja um sadia me and sam are uh, the co the co-founders and then we have like a big team who's, who's been supporting us over the years so you're obviously you give us your background you're from lahore pakistan sparsh i would imagine is india but sindhi i'm guessing that's his connection sparsh is um, actually indian but lived in australia all his life so he's a non-resident indian um, and his family um, is actually migrated to Delhi. So his one of his grandparents is from somewhere near Atak in a small village called Bela. Oh. And his other uh, grandparents uh, were from, I think, Dera, Dera, Diji Khan. Diji Khan, yeah. Yeah, so they're from, D so those families. So he himself is very interested in this. Sam Dalrymple um, has lived in India all his life, um, although he's Scottish by... Um, uh, origin. So he's lived in India all his life, who's seen the work of his father, uh, William Dalrymple, of course, and has been very interested in the space. And he he's a Sanskrit scholar. Um, so it's it's really good to have him on the team because he's kind of like the uh, got the research jobs on the team. Um, so he was also very interested in this idea, you know, and, and this this space, and especially the conversations that we can have about uh, colonialism and partition. And uh, my family never migrated, but like I feel like as a Pakistani and as a Lahori, like my family saw what happened. My grandfather lost a lot of his Hindu friends. My um, nani saw the re refugee camps that were opened in FC College in Lahore. So it's like it's 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 there in the background. I think if you're Pakistani, like you just you spoke to me about Mahajir communities, like the fact that you're both Sindhi. Um, I think especially if you're Pakistan, it's like partition impacted every single one of us. It's absolutely, uh, okay. absolutely true. I have one last question, Jayasmita. I'm sure you've definitely piqued Umair in my interest as far as you know this virtual experience is concerned, and specifically also because we're from the industry, right? When it comes to virtual reality and augmented reality, it's what we do for a living. We design experiences, albeit for brands but of course you know using technologies such as that uh, those that you're championing and i'm sure you've piqued the interest of a lot of our listeners right now if they want to voyeuristically view some of these experiences can they if yes how can they so uh definitely uh, a few video clips like interview ke ek ek minute ka clippings are definitely on our website we uh occasionally put up the entire experience in like a i don't know eight minutes, two minutes, whatever. 
video bait on our Instagram page. Uh, I think a lot of our videos are also on Vimeo. So the Project Dastan page of Vimeo, that's there too. So like, but if, are the, any of these in VR? Like, it, do you have something on YouTube VR or something? Yes, yeah, so they're on Vimeo, on VR, and also oh. on our website. So you can take yeah. a 360 ride of Gomti River in Lucknow. Um, oh, on our website. That's awesome. And for that's our listeners, cool. that's www.projectdastan.org, D-A-S-T-A-A-N.org. You can find them on Instagram at project.dastan, that's D-A-S-T-A-A-N. Am I right? All right. Yeah, I have one last question, Suveer. I'm just, uh, again, once again, it's the geek in me. Uh, and I'm not sure who amongst your team, uh, Sadia, looks after the tech. But like, oh, I understand that Sadia, you have a background in, in, in explaining stories and concepts through visuals, whether it's cartoons or whether it's, uh, whether it's through an immersive video experience. What we're, you're on a podcast right now, right? We can see each other, but this is primarily going to be going ahead on audio. And it seems like video is definitely richer and deeper and a much more rewarding experience, but it, it's much more resource heavy. It takes, um, you know, it takes a, a bunch of really nice organizations who support you so that you can create that rich content. How do you feel about immersive audio experiences? Do you think that could be something that could be used uh, to conjure up images in one's head rather than specifically physically show them. Like for example, record background noise. If I'm sure when when this is this being edited, so Suvir Jo Mana Bolatana kick Banda Jo C T Bajatawa Jate, so I see Kuyoga for example, Madam Pachasal Badbi Agama Sunungana teen dubbiale, I'll immediately be transformed. And I'll be able to see and visualize that radiwala that's that's collecting that recycling stuff because uh, sounds also you know hit us at a certain level. So do you think that uh, that could be one route also, or do you think video is perhaps uh, the more uh, the, the route that one one should go for because it it connects much more easily? Um, I think that uh, obviously we're we're using video because it it, it can it, you know just as I spoke. It, the visual impact is instant that you instantly understand what's going on. But uh, also we are aware that uh, we are working in a space where we're working with people who are, uh, are very old. Um, and when we were um, starting out this project, we did some research. A lot of time VR has been used for therapeutic purposes, right? Uh, for people who are um, uh, constrained to a wheelchair or have mobility issues, um, VR is being used right now to give them an experience of the outside, you know, because that's therapeutic. Uh, so I do understand the point you're making case sound, for example, if you cannot see, if you're visually impaired, sound is very, very important for you to pick up cues, etc. cetera. Um, so I think that is absolutely very important. So we are trying to, so Sparsh is our main uh, person who's looking after the tech to make sure the sound is there um, uh, for not only the 360, but also when we're uh, working on Child of Empire, which is the full VR animated 3D experience, the sound is very important. If you're playing in the gully, in VR, the pop that you have to kill is sound of pop, right? So I do, do feel that's very important. And even so, our 2D animations, one of our major concerns is sound. If um, 
खाना पक रहा है एक किचन में तमिलनाड में तो वो साउंड्स क्या हैं यू नो दो हैव टू बी वेरी रियलिस्टिक अगर एक एक्सेंट है कोई बूढ़ी औरत बोल रही है तो वो अगर बंगाली एक्सेंट है तो वो एक्सेंट क्या है सो आई एब्सोलूटली एग्री वी जनरली डेलीगेट साउंड बट इन आर प्रोजेक्ट वी रिलाईज लाइक हाउ इम्पोर्टेंट द साउंड्स आर एंड यू सीन लाइक द ए एस एम आर वीडियोज ऑल ओवर impact on our psyche may have some therapeutic value which can probably be better explored and since since vr is uh, that sort of technology that yeah i mean so if you just look at music for example so one of our partition take backs khalid bashir rai ka take back tha jo jisme first put the soundtrack ek purana gana hai samne samne gali mein mera ghar hai bhool gana is tarah ka gana hai bahut purana and when when this man was uh, wearing the glasses and the sound came on he was also singing along wow you know he was looking at his old village and he's singing i, I mean in just that sense ke wo humne pick up thi ki uske ki what a beautiful experience ke wo saath saath ga bhi rahe hain aur utna sir bhi hila rahe hain jab wo apna ghar dekh rahe hain you know so it's it's uh, i absolutely agree with you ke sound bahut zaruri hai and i i feel that we kind of discounted but like um try to go on a long walk without your headphones on and you know see how longer the walk feels <laughs> true 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 on that note uh, of taking long long walks uh, 883 kilometers long sadia jayasmita it's been an absolute pleasure to have the both of you us about uh, the both of you on our podcast and thank you so much for sharing these joyous stories of the joyous work that you guys are doing and bringing smiles to so many faces i'm so i'm sure on both sides of the border and we definitely look forward to the films that you're releasing uh, we definitely look forward to hearing the stories of women in partition and we're both very excited i'm sure we're going to try and find some of the vr content as soon as we log off from this yeah. podcast i think we I... you've really piqued both our interest and congratulations for all the lovely work that you're doing and we wish you the very very best uh, in the years to come thank you